Welcome to Long Come Norwich podcast, a precious, prescient precursor to the predictable promotion parade, where our predilection for prattling predictions are primed for this season preview. I'm joined by Claire and Lorne for this one, so let's get at it. First up, pre-season pant wetting. We've played about 90 minutes of decent football, uh, but unfortunately that was spread over seven friendlies. Claire, are you in camp, it's about the minutes in the legs, or camp regulation battle? Most definitely camp A. Um, To be honest, I've barely paid any attention to pre-season. I haven't watched a single game live. I've seen some of the highlights, but it's absolutely just to get the fitness there, play around with a few things, see who's going to you know, come to the fore like uh, Campwell has. Um, and yeah, I'm not panicking at all yet. Yeah, I, I completely agree with regards to the, the, the panic levels. Um, you know, with regards to the, the teams we've played, it, I think it's interesting that uh, beating one Champions League team uh, is is really uh, instructive and counts, or, 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 and then losing to the other one doesn't, or vice versa. You know, <laughs> if 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 a pre-season game against a Champions League opponent matters, then effectively we 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 sort of fifty fifty. Uh, what about you, Lorne? You, you obviously uh, are now uh, in a coaching position. Um, and you've presumably got some pre-season coming up or you're in some pre-season with Galston um, with their youth set up. How much do you think coaches are going to care about actual results? I It's going to make for a boring podcast, but I completely agree with Claire. It's very much getting minutes in the legs of the players, minutes in the tank or minutes under the belt, depending on what your preference is. <laughs> um, I do think there is a slight concern in terms of we look utterly toothless but that is caveated by the fact that he doesn't he hasn't been playing his what I would presume is his strongest 11 at any point so it's very much about experimentation getting some players fit for example Ida getting some young lads some experience and just as as Claire said getting getting fitness at this stage so it's nowhere near panic stations like Claire, I've barely watched any of it, um, and it's that opinion is based on what other people have said, principally Michael Bailey. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a concern, is it? It's, when if you get five games in and you still haven't uh, created much, then then you can panic. But for right now, yeah, I, I, I get the um, I get the understand. We'll, we'll kind of come to the, the style element in a second, um, but. Uh, when I, I mean, I have watched most of it. I've, I've paid for the pass when, it, when it's been available. I uh, couldn't see today's game, and also look, based on the lineup, it looked like if I was going to miss one, that was the one to miss. But you know, looking at things like the Celtic game, um, effectively it was an offside goal and a youth, a youth, sort of young player making a mistake. Likewise, in, in other friendlies, we've conceded through someone just sort of switching off. And, and you know the mental side of the game is just as much important to learn and get used to as as the other side of the game. And also, you don't have a fixed back five that are talking to each other and talking each other through the game yet. Um, but I'm actually going to mix up our format. We usually sort of do listening questions all in a row, but um, the way that they the way they've sort of spread throughout the planned agenda, I actually thought it made sense that we would kind of pick them off um, one by one as we talk through it because. Um, there was a really interesting um, question I, I thought that came in with regards to um, uh, whether or not Dean Smith has a style of play. And so, it, to, to credit the person, Elizabeth Coldwell on, on Twitter says, "Does Dean Smith have a style of play, but I've missed it? Have a style of play, but is waiting for new players for it to gel? Or it's fitness, not style of play, that's important in pre-season? Stop making a fuss about it." Now, on that third point, I we've kind of done the. The results thing doesn't matter. I think the reason that people are so concerned about not seeing a pattern in pre-season is that they they are not basically, they're including what they saw at the end of last season. Now, my point on this is that you you kind of have to give Smith, Shakespeare and the coaching setup a bit of a pass on not having a defined style, as frustrating as we found it at the end of last season, because they were literally in a situation where they were there to try and save our season and they, nothing was working. So why would you keep doing the same thing? Um, so they, they did have to um, change formation. They did have to change plan. So, so Claire, what you know? So specifically to that question, 
do you think there is a style of play um, that that is going to be? You know, do you think that it's capable for Dean Smith to implement one? Of course, I'm sure he must have a style that he prefers to play with. Otherwise, he wouldn't have got where he is in management. Um, I I think a lot of people, as you said, are going off the back of last season um, and thinking he he didn't have a clue. But you know, the guy came in to a very difficult situation when we did have a very distinct way of playing that wasn't working in the Premier League. I think he did happen upon a way that worked when Ida started playing and then unfortunately got injured. So that may have actually materialised into quite a good way of playing. Um, Perhaps that's what he's going to go for, something like that this season. Um, I don't think he's played his best 11 in pre-season, so it's difficult for us to know possibly what his plan is. And obviously we've got players to come in that we haven't seen before, like Hayden and Sarah. So hopefully they're the players that he has identified that he needed to play the way he wants to play. So I'm still open to sort of waiting to see what happens. I haven't made my mind up, as some people seem to have done. I would yet. add to that as well, that if if we could see a very distinguished style of play, then the rest of the championship can see that as well. And there is an element of not showing your hand too early. Mm. Like, Why would Dean Smith play the style of football in friendlies that are going to be watched by the rest of the championship scouting teams when he's got ample opportunity to work on that on the training ground? Like, it, it's, I can completely get why he wouldn't necessarily do that at this stage and it wouldn't be apparent the way we were looking to attack teams because he wouldn't want that to be apparent. Well, I'm going to add in an, another question, Claire. So, Kadan on Twitter has said, how many points clear at the top of the table will Dean Smith need to reach before fans remember that Fark's tactics were too narrow and predictable for top-flight football with the budget we had? So, I'm going to use that question to, to launch into the other, the other side of things with Smith, which is, you know, as we talked about on our season review pod, few weeks ago um there does seem to be a bit of a um a commitment issue or not wanting to get hurt again or rebound but do, do you think that 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 Kadan, what they're referring to there they've got a bit of a point that until 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 effectively something massive has happened results wise he's just not Daniel Farkas so it doesn't matter what yeah. he does he's not he's not going to get to win people over yeah I think I You'd have to sort of feel sorry for whoever came in after after Daniel Farker because the love was so huge for him and the, the way that we played. You know, he promised us beautiful football and he gave us that beautiful football, even though it didn't work in the Premier League. But because of it working in the Championship, we kind of forgave him for that a little bit. Whereas Dean Smith doesn't have that um, in the, you know, in the tank, as it were, Um so I do feel sorry for him and he came into such a difficult situation and I think we just need to give him a chance, give him sort of three, four months to see what happens now. If it's not working then, then sure, you know, he's not the man for us, but I don't think we can say that yet. I honestly don't. And I've had massive arguments with my sister about this because she really does not like him at all. And she made her mind up at the end of last season, but, um, and on the way home from the last game, we had a very big, big row. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm keen to give him a chance. Um, get the the players in. I'm hoping some more still come in because I think we certainly need some. Um, we've got gaps in places, and let's just give him a chance. Let's see what happens in the next few months, and then make a decision. Well, so on that gaps in places. I mean, all the rhetoric that we're hearing and seeing is that it, that it, only the outdoor is going to swing. That it, we're not. The whole budget has gone on Sarah, so there isn't going to be anyone else. Um, the, the, the potentially with um, these Malou, there might be a loan that comes in, um, for kind of in, in midfield. But I think they probably want to take a look at Sorensen and um, maybe Gibbs uh, in the first couple mm-hmm. of games, first three or four games, to see what they've got there, and also maybe get get through most of August. Um, and see whether or not Sarah and, and Hayden are on track to play any meaningful minutes this side of Christmas, because um, I think that will also affect whether or not they they take the plunge with with either adding a, a loan with an expectation to get some minutes from the parent club, um, or, uh, or or spend a bit more. Um, 
so on the um, on the on the Dean Smith side of things, I I've kind of I've softened a lot my position on on him. I mean, I I was sick of watching Norwich lose, and he was very much a part of not being able to get get a win and not being able to get anything enjoyable to watch. However, I really have mellowed on it. I I I I am willing to completely write off last season as um, a situation that almost any coach would have really struggled to get that team to play football in a way. I mean, just mentally, they were so checked out and it was so difficult, you know, obviously with the with the COVID and the, and the either injury, et cetera, et cetera. I just, I, I'm sick of thinking about it. I'm sick of talking about it. And, I'm, and I really do want to give him almost like, you know, a, a new start. And that, that can't be Cardiff, Wigan and Birmingham in the cup. It has to be five to ten games. You have to because you, it takes that long because Cardiff might play out of their skin. Wigan, the referee, might do something crazy and um, a changed side against Birmingham, you know, might then, um, you know, anything can happen when you jumble the teams up because it's in the cup. So to then say, oh, three games and we've only you know, drawn one and lost two or whatever, you see, clearly can't do it. You just think, well, no, because teams change and they evolve and well, three games Far- is too Far- small a small size. His. Farker, well, he lost the first five games of the season we won and he had a very average season before that. So we were probably very undecided about him at that point as well. Well, when we st- when Lorne and I stood um, at Portley Road um, and were one nil down, uh, we very much were having a conversation of I don't know how long you've got here, Daniel, mm. um, because you haven't pulled up any trees, and um, you know we, we're throwing youngsters on at right back and this young <laughs> Max lad who's clearly too young to, to be thrown into the Lions Den here. What are you playing at? Um, and and so that that was actually something that I, I noted down to, to bring up was that you know in in, in the the previous championship seasons we um, we started slowly and won the league. So. I, I personally really am going to have a, have a word with myself if I start to get too uh, irritated after the first three or four games. I'm going to try and give him eight to ten games before I go. Do you know what you, you've had? You have had a full preseason. You've, okay, you've been un, you've been unlucky. You might maybe unlucky is kind on the fact that you've signed two crocked players because you, maybe you wanted players who weren't crocked. Um, but you know you have you know you've known well in advance who's going to be available to you in August, right? That that cannot be an, under any debate. So you should be able to get them playing in a way that you're happy to put your name to. What do you think, Lorne? How long should it be until we till we say you've had your chance, Smith? It's difficult to put a, a time frame on it. I think because as you said earlier on, it depends so much on the context of how we're playing, injuries, how the games have gone how the rest of the division has gone, who we've got in. Like, there's a lot of variables that aren't necessarily under Dean Smith's control. That said, at some point you do have to make the decision. I would be surprised if we are completely out of the promotion picture, even if that's just like playoffs at Christmas. So I wouldn't be doing anything before Christmas. And at that point, you're then thinking, well, do we need to make a change before the January transfer window? So I yeah, wouldn't be I wouldn't be considering it until December unless all of those contextual things have gone in Dean Smith's favour and we're still rubbish. Because my, my, my point on this is, I, I think there is a possibility, um, and why I want to keep my powder dry on this is, there's a real possibility that those being really negative and worried... Uh, and whilst I like joining in with with, with uh, kind of the, the jokey side, the bantery side of announced regulation and what have you, seriously, I am not in any way, uh, you know, concerned about where we stand because nothing. We haven't played any meaningful minutes yet. Um, that there is an opportunity that we we could anyone who is being really negative could look very silly come May when we have walked the league. Um, which, if you look at the squad, and if you and again you. We, we get conditioned into thinking this is how good the Norwich squad is against Premier League opposition every week. I did some research into who we're facing on Saturday um, and I'm not going to give it the, the preface of with the greatest respect. Just, I I have not never heard of most of their players, right? <laughs> and I, I and that that is what we are now moving into. And, and part of that is because I didn't really pay much attention to the championship last year. Um, but... Uh, because we weren't in it, 
but but also because they they are championship and league one players that have been assembled in uh, Cardiff, and we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, and that's what we're up against most most weeks. So there's yeah, there's four or five teams with a similar sort of um, uh, team dynamic to, to City, and that there are some Premier League in betweeny sort of players, like the likes of Sheffield United. Borough have got a couple of decent players, you know, Johnny House and what have you. Um, Stoke made a couple of interesting signings. West Brom, probably the most obvious of, of that crop of players. You know, Watford have still got some Premier League players that's not knocking around as of Burnley. You know, so there's some good teams in there, but there are 12, four, 12 to 14 teams who we probably should be beating, even if we're only medium. You know, if, if, if our best player on the pitch only has an 8 out of 10 and the rest are between 6 and 7, we should still have enough to meet, beat most of the teams in the Championship. Mm. Just look at the squads. That, that, that's, that, that should be the way it happens. So a lot of it is about mentality. And that's why I think it's really important for the fans. Um, it, obviously, it's a lot easier if we win on Saturday to do this. But from, you know, from Wigan at home and, and Birmingham at home, I, I really do think the fans have to try and treat it as a blank piece of paper this season and say, right, OK, new manager. Because it's mad that we even think, like, Lorna, you're talking about, oh, mate, we, we shouldn't make a change for Christmas. We haven't even played a game yet, and we're already talking about when are we going to sack the manager. Like, we, we, I think we need to try and give him the benefit of the doubt for as, as long as we can. So let's move on to, to the eleven for Cardiff, Claire. Um, look into your crystal ball, um, and please tell us. Um, I mean, you're a person of science, radiographer, so obviously you believe in crystal balls. Um, <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us who the eleven is going to be. Okay, is this including injuries and stuff? Yeah. Yes, the actual, you've seen the team sheet, obviously, okay. so t- just tell us, tell us what we're Not who I wish it would be. Yeah. No, no, no. Who, who is going to be in the team, on yeah. Dean Smith's team sheet at two o'clock on Saturday? Okay. Um, it was actually a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. We've got a lot of attacking players, um, but I've gone cruel, although it's a very close between him and Angus. And then obviously Max, um, Omabama Deli, Grant Hanley, Yanulis. And then I've gone with Kenny and I think I'd like Gibbs to play. Um, he looks promising and I think we should give him a go. And then I've gone with Sanani, Todd Cantwell, Rashika and Pookie. That's interesting because that, that's mm. different to mine. Um, well, that is interesting. What about... What about... <laughs> Otherwise it would be boring. What, what about you, Lornos? I'd go fairly similar. I agree that uh, Gibbs is probably the most exciting thing, apart from potentially Cantwell, to come mm. out of this preseason. Um, but I would play Sorensen over Gibbs uh, in midfield, and I wouldn't play Sanani. I would go with either O'Neill, Eder, or Sargent, and that I couldn't choose between them, having not seen preseason. I'd, I'd potentially just based on what I know of the players from seasons gone by go with O'Neill just because we lack any sort of pace so you wouldn't have Rashica in there yeah so instead of Sanani I'd have O'Neill, oh I see I, be- I, Sergeant or I thought that was your three right okay right I okay. think so- I'd probably go O'Neill um just for the pure pace element um yeah but other than that it would be it would be the same okay so yeah so I, I've not seen enough in, in the friendlies that I've seen of Sanani to I think he deserves a good shout because he's played a lot of minutes in the championship for a team who finished in the top six and, you know, were going well, you know, had a playoff run last year. So um, he deserves to be there or thereabouts. But um, I I think it will be, as you said, I think you got the back five right. Although there was, Hanley did hobble off, didn't he? So I haven't seen... Yeah, but they said he's going to be fit. Brilliant. I I hadn't seen an update. So if if that's confirmed, then brilliant. He could lose a limb and he'd be fit. Yeah. Well, quite yeah. I mean, who's who's going to go and tell him he's not playing? Right? Um, but but yeah, I um I think I think that would be the back five, and and it's one of those things again. This is this is the kind of the point I was making earlier. That back five in the championship is going to be a top three back five. You know, You're there are not many... a lot of things that are going to be recorded and played back to you in May because no, it's, it's not mean in... very little. It's, mm, it's already yeah. been proven, though, that that back yeah. five is a top back five in the championship yeah. twice, so pretty much. is superb in the championship. We've seen it. Max Aarons is superb in the Premier League. We've seen it. Um, Cruel is a really good goalkeeper, and Gunn in the championship is a really good goalkeeper. Um, 
So uh, likewise, McCallum, the, the jury's slightly out. However, you know, if Dimmy stays fit, Byron could also go over there. You know, mm. for the five for the five minutes this season, he's fit. Bless him. Um, and so, you know, I'm I'm not worried about that. I think McLean is first name on the team sheet, um, and I can't wait to see Campwell this player of the season. If, if he if he maintains being one of Norwich's best players for the course of the season, we will get promoted. Because when your best player is in the position he plays and has the amount of technical ability, because we've seen how, because for Todd Campbell to have a good game, he has to really, really purr because he can't have like a six and a half and I say a good game because we've seen the heights he hits. So therefore, if the if the if the perceived wisdom is Campbell's having a really good season, that means he's scoring and assisting goals, mm. um, and that means therefore that we are going to be towards the top end of the table. And I, I think it will be. I think he will go four four two. I think he's going to go four four two, and I think he's going to play Hugel and Puki up front, um, mm. that, and 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 go with kind of a wing, uh, uh, go with Sorensen and McLean, and play Campwell out wide, and play Rashica out wide, and it's going to be a bit confusing. We're not sure about Campbell on the wing. Is it a, is it going to be a Hulahan kind of comparison? And then we, and then I reckon he'll have kind of a, a positional change and and go to kind of four three three in the, in the second half when we're losing one 0 that's that's what I think will happen, but that, that's just that's what I can imagine. But we'll 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 see what happens once we get there. And so let's look into Cardiff. Then uh, they finished 18th last season. They bought eight players over the summer, so quite the different approach to us. Um, uh, reading on their, their kind of team news today, Ryan Allsop is going to be the. They had a bit of a goalkeeping battle in pre-season. He he is likely to be the number one uh, with Marlon Romeo, Cedric Keeper, and, and Jamalou Collins. Uh, three new players in a in a back four in front of him, um, and then they haven't got the striker that Steve Morrison has said all summer that they need, and that's that's not going to be in place before Friday. Sorry, before Saturday. So hopefully that plays into Norwich's hands. That it's a new back five combination, unlike our settled team. They won't have a new number nine. Their captain's out injured. Their two best young players, Cole and Davis, are both out. Sounds a bit along come Norwich, though, doesn't it? <laughs> they also have uh, they also have Abu Adams, who is obviously former Norwich. In the squad. Yeah, with, with Morrison in the in the uh, on, on the bench, so um, so let's let's quickly touch on that. Thoughts, feelings about Steve Morrison, Claire? What generally? Or... Well, yeah, because <laughs> obviously it's not, it's not often that we we're going to come up against former Norwich players a couple of times this season. So it's you know I think we should touch on 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 how you hit. it was a, it was an odd sort of it was sort of almost a combative uh, time he spent at Norwich, wasn't it? Yeah, he always seemed quite angry, didn't he? Um, yeah. But at the same time, he was pretty pretty good. Um, I, I was at that Arsenal game when it was three all, and I remember did he he scored, didn't he? I think in that. Yeah, he did. Very aggressive celebration. Yeah, I I liked him as a player at Norwich. I have to say, but he did always seem a bit pissed off about everything. Um, yeah, I, t- t- technically he wasn't there along with some of the other players we had in forward positions, but he, he was a. Uh, he was an, an old-fashioned number nine with, and I, I yeah, I, I was I was fond of his combativeness, really. Mm. Um, so yeah, in terms of the the on-come Norwich style uh, element, Lorne, this this is a perfect time to play them. So we'll probably lose, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, potentially. But then it reminded me very much of the Huddersfield game when we got relegated last time, first game yeah. of the season. It felt very much the same. I think. The first goal, to be a real cliche, but the first goal of the season is going to be really, really important in terms of the mood uh, going forward. And if we score first, I can see us winning comfortably. And if we don't score first, I can see us losing embarrassingly. So it's it could go anything, couldn't it? But that's the joy of the championship. That's why I'm much more excited about this season than I was last season, because it's that sort of league where anyone can beat anyone. And it doesn't really matter what the names on the, t- uh, on the team sheet are and whether or not Tom Parsley has heard of them. Anyone can yeah. beat anyone and that's the exciting thing about this division. And sometimes that means that you win games you don't expect and sometimes it means you lose at Cardiff on the opening day. Uh, so on that point of the first goal, I agree. Claire, who, who do you, if you could choose, we, we go 1-0 up after half an hour. If you could choose anyone, who would it be? Who do you think would give us the biggest lift? Would have the best narrative? Obviously, Tim Krul would scoring would be amazing. But uh, <laughs> you know, who do you think would help us and help our mood as a fan base Todd. the best? If... Todd, yeah, Todd, 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 Todd. But that whole story is just wonderful. 
Yeah. If, he, if he is as good as he looks like he's been in pre-season and he comes back to being the real Todd Cantwell, what a story. Yeah. that It's like we've signed possibly one of the best championship players possible yep. all over again for, for nothing. I mean, We've yeah. replaced so, Emmy with Todd. Yeah, the, actually, properly this time. Um, yeah. yeah, it would be incredible. And I think, yeah, if Todd scores, then that's it, lift off. Well, that's a great answer, especially if it's something like a free kick or something particularly skillful. Just a flick over his shoulder and, I don't know, something twinkly. <laughs> twinkly, yeah. Twinkly. I mean, if, if, Gorham, if Gorham is mentioning a twinkly finish on Saturday, yeah. we'll, we, we'll know we're off. What about you, Lorne? I, I like that idea. I was actually thinking about this early on today, and my first thought was either Sergeant or Ida, just because... You kind of you get the strikers who maybe don't expect to score up and running. Rashica yeah. would be a good shout because it might yeah. be a case of yeah. him feeling like first thought. I can Jeez. be here and like enjoy it. Um, and I, I really, really want Puki to get to a hundred goals for the club. So I would be delighted with any of those five. I think all of them. Well, I'd be delighted if anyone scored, but. I'd be delighted uh, with any of those because I think it would be good for morale generally if any if, of those players if get If Pukki scored, then it would be like, right, you know, this is Norwich, off we go again kind of thing. I think it's like, you know, business as usual. So that would also be very positive, <laughs> even if, though it's kind of, you know... If oh, it comes up thinking. on the, 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 uh, the, the Soccer Saturday video printer, you know, Pukki... Um, 16 or whatever, you, you'll be able to hear the eyes roll around the footprint. Yeah. Like, oh, here we go <laughs> yeah. again. Nor- oh, Nor- Nor- Norwich, Norwich are winning the championship and Pinky scoring goals. Like, <laughs> in, in other news, water is wet. Another exactly. one I'd toss in be Liam Gibbs. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, Smith, doesn't, Smith doesn't strike me as the sort of person to do anything as interesting as starting him or, or, or even giving him minutes. I, I think we've got enough midfielders fit that he probably won't want to, unless we are two or three goals up. He see, see that in my point of view, that would be fantastic man management. If we are if we are two goals clear and and in, and in control, uh, a, a, a twelve minute cameo would be brilliant. It'd be like there you go, there's your taste of championship football. Um, we're in a game that we're controlling. Go on and basically be defensively minded. Keep moving the ball. Kenny will shout and point and tell you where to stand. <laughs> uh, you know the bits you understand of it, um, so that would be a, that would be perfect. That, that, that's the only scenario in which I think we would see him on on Saturday. But I I, I share your your enthusiasm, excitement. He, he could be another one that's an, another young. Maybe this will be the season of Amabamadeli and um, Gibbs being the the, the the next youngsters that look set to, to earn us plenty of money in a in eighteen months' time. Um, and then, so you've got, then you've got Roe, obviously, who could. Potentially yeah, he, he, seems to have had a, he seems to have had a quiet preseason. I, I didn't think he did. I didn't think he did too much to get excited about from what I've seen of him. But I mean, I was very, very excited for him in the Premier League. I mean, he, he looked to have that X factor, that unpredictability. And, and again, this is why. And of course, any any kind of predictions and any, any proclamations, you can look silly. But you know, everything I say makes me look silly because I'm an idiot. But. With Absolutely that, no dissent, you when you said that. The fact that was got, silent. <laughs> the, the fact you've got the fact you've got Rashica, the fact you've got Rowe, the fact you've got Campwell, the fact you've got uh, Gibbs, the fact you've got Sergeant, Hugel, Pookie, um Hernandez. Hernandez. Kieran Dow. Kieran Dow. You've got a lot. <laughs> half of them can be rubbish this season and we can win the league. Do you know what I mean? Like th- mm. that is a really good championship squad. It doesn't mean that we'll win it. Of course, it doesn't. We could get relegated with that squad. You know, of course, that's physically possible. But I think that will be the thing that does for Smith if, after twelve games, we're not in the top three. You know, I, I just think the the fact is you just have to look at the team sheet, and in the majority of cases, when we make a substitution, the home fan, you know, away from home, the home fans will not be saying who. Because everyone knows who most of our squad is because they just won the league two years ago and they've been on match today every now and again getting beaten 3 4 nil last year. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it's a mentality thing that we need to fix, not not the playing squad. I'm I'm not 
I'm not that worried about what we've got. We, we just need to get people up and running. Um, so let's do, speaking of getting up and running, I want uh, predictions, please, for this weekend. What's the score going to be, Claire Bear Thomas? Oh, God. Um, I think it'll be one all. Um, we never do that well on the first day of the season, really. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to get too excited. I'm just going to go with a steady draw to start the season off and we'll try and pick with up. With the Campwell goal, right? With the Campwell goal. Okay. Maybe we'll score first and then they'll disappointingly equalise. Yeah. All right then, Lordy. Um Advances on that? I think it's probably a good show. I will go for a rampant 4-0 win that papers over all of the cracks and then we lose the next four. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I, I'm I'm going three nil. Um, all three goals in the first half. Um, that is racing, a heavy defeat. Blimey. Yeah. Racing, <laughs> ra- racing out of the block. No, no, we're going to win three 0 Racing, <laughs> racing out of the blocks. Um, we'll be three up after thirty six minutes. Um, and we'll see out the game comfortably. Uh, because I I do th- I mean like, you know of course there's a long come Norwich but there has been a lot of transition in Cardiff. Uh, and they weren't in a great place last year at all. So I think we're going to, I just think we're going to have too much for them. Um, so I think we're going to win 3 0. And uh, that moves us nicely on to predictions for the season. So you kind of said you think lo- win one, lose for the next four, Lorne. They will be sat together for the first home game, which is nice. So I'm going to come to you first, Claire. Firstly, where will Norwich finish? And secondly, who will win the league? Because obviously that might be the same thing. I've I've thought about this and half of me thinks yeah of course we're going to win the league we've done it before twice recently we've still got really good squad really good players we've still got Pookie we've still got Max and I think last time I, I actually did the predictions for the Sky Sport website I did say first through gritted teeth and I got it right but this time no I don't think we are going to win the league um, I think we'll finish in third in the playoffs um, and not necessarily win the playoffs either. Um, and I'm not, I wouldn't be particularly bothered because I'm not sure I want to go back to the Premier League in a hurry. Um, not yet, anyway. So I will go with third. And who will win the league? I have not got a clue. Could be anybody there's no real standout team, I don't think. Um, Burnley seem to have sold every player they had. And I'm not sure. That, I mean, I think they have bought a few in, but I don't know if they're decent replacements. Um, Watford are probably a bit like us, but I don't know. I honestly don't know who's going to win it if it's not us. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's fine. You've, given us, you've, you've told us exactly what's going to happen on, on Saturday's um, line-up, so you've done a bit of predicting. Uh, go on, then. What about you, Lonnie? I genuinely think it could be anywhere from twelfth to first. Um, it it really could go in any of those directions. As Claire says, there's no standout team where you think, oh well, they they're gonna walk away with the division. Um, you'd assume that we should be top six, given the squad that we've got and Dean Smith's record at this level previously, and our experience in this division recently. But I just there's something there feels like there's something off about the whole club at the moment, and it might just be that we aren't over the fact that Farker's gone yet, and that rift is still there, and it just feels a bit broken after the Premier League being shit as it always is. So I'm not very confident, and I if I had to put money on us finishing in one particular position right now, I would say eighth. Ooh. Yeah, I don't, know, I, I don't know if he's. Still, I don't know if he's still the manager. If we finish eighth, I mean, depending on if we're eighth and three points off sixth, then you obviously you keep him until it's mathematically not possible. But I think in the summer you might then go. Yeah, you know, if we spent the hot, if we spent all the season in in the top six and then finished eighth, then yeah, you probably say you go again. But if you are bouncing between seventh and twelfth all season, I, I don't think that the owners would accept that. With, with the squad and the investment that, that's been made in the squad and the need financially to go back up, even if you know we don't like the Premier League because we don't win it, win many games there. Um, so I, I think that I think we'll finish top three. 
Um, I have looked at the other squads. I've looked at you know some other prediction stuff. I, I think we should have enough to finish top three, but obviously in a topsy-turvy division, I don't think it is so difficult to pick one particular position. Um, I think West Brom, of all the teams I've looked at, whose changes they've made, West Brom, to me, feel like they've got momentum. And again, in terms of the savviness around the club and the setup and the fans, they know, you know they know what going up through this division is like. Um, it will and be they've still them got club. Steve Bruce as their manager. They have, yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I think it will be them, who again is a savvy operator at this level. You know, tactically, he knows how to set up a championship team. I, I think I think it will be I think it will be one of the I think the top two will be one of the relegated teams, and I think Norwich have got the best chance of the three of them if we start fast. I don't think I don't think Norwich mentally will recover from a slow start because of that rift that you just mentioned, Lorne. I, I think we need to we need to start with three wins in the first five, otherwise it's going. It does so. There was um. There was an interesting post that wasn't a response to our questions on on Twitter, but it was a Pinkham post, and I, I haven't been on the Pinkham for years. But someone kind of screenshotted it, and it was a really, really good point that was oh, made, I saw which was that. P- people had seemed to be so desperate to be cross and, and negative and toxic, and they they have got a season ticket holder for the first time either in a while or ever, I think they said, and they're looking forward to going to the football for escapism and and, and effectively just being there and. And accepting the ups and downs, and we've been spoiled mm. as a fan base that we expect to win all the time and where we are now, and we expect to lose all the time when we go up. And we're not happy in that there is because of Twitter and Facebook and social media, there is uh, column inches for everyone to fill all the time. So you've got to dissect a defeat. Whereas I think only five or six, well, basically pre Farker, I think as a fan base, if we lost, we basically tried not to think about football until the next game. If you what I mean, we didn't talk about it every day until the next game, which kind of social media almost forces you into doing, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, compl- I thought that, that post, which is, it's got loads and loads of, uh, of likes on the social media platform, ironically, that I saw it on. Um, and I, But this season, I'm, I'm really going to try and take a, a positive mindset because I just think there's enough negativity in the world generally, not to sound you know trite, but there is so much to be miserable about. Um, Norwich being rubbish is not the end of the world, actually. Um, and if we are rubbish, then we will moan about it on this podcast. But uh, I'm, I really do not want it to spill into calling out players and being stupid. You know, if Smith isn't the right guy, he's not the right guy. It's not his fault. He's, he's, I'm pretty sure he's going to do his best. I'm fairly confident that him and Shakespeare are genuinely going to try as hard as they can. So let's let's just try and try and be as positive as we can until it becomes. Un, you know, impossible to, to still have a cup half full attitude towards those two. Um, I asked both of you to prepare something before today's pod. I want you to guarantee our listeners something, or you know, more than one if you want. So give me something, something guaranteed, Claire, that you declare will happen between now and then. Um, that Gabrielle Sara will score. At least one header, if not many, many headers. Um, he has got some leap on him. He looks like Blooming Ronaldo on YouTube. So my expectations are ridiculously high now. Um, and yes, he's going to score a lot of headers. That is my prediction. Excellent. Lorne? No, it's not a prediction. That's a guarantee. Guarantee. Lorne? Sorry, that is my guarantee. I guarantee that Hayden will not play one minute of football. <laughs> Oh, we spent too much. We spent too I was much time. Write that one down. We spent too much time together. My one was: uh, I guarantee that one of Hayden or Sarah will make fewer than five starts. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hayden uh, would definitely be the favourite for that. I'm gonna on a positive side. I'm gonna guarantee that Pookie gets to 100 goals for the club. How many is he on now? 80 something. Let's go with that. Yeah, I'll find out while you uh, talk more about what your guarantee is. Yeah, well, so I wrote that one, but I didn't want to be. Be too miserable. Um, I uh, I guarantee that we will lose to Borough at home, but beat them away. Um, <laughs> I've got I, 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 something Wilder. Wilder seems to have our number at Carrow Road, uh, but I can see us uh, having loads of momentum and beating them for the return fixture, and him being particularly furious about it. I think he's a horrible little man. Um, 
And I celebrate Wilder losing uh, almost as much as Ipswich losing. So wherever Wilder <laughs> goes, I want your team to fail. Um, I, be, I might I might cancel my season ticket if he was appointed boss. He's horrible. Um, the other thing I really need to just get on record, um, Mr and Mrs uh, Sky Sports, uh, please can you move the West Brom uh, home game to, to the Sunday and, and, and get that for, for Sky coverage in September? Because otherwise I won't be able to go, and I think that could be a, could be like first versus fourth or second versus fifth by by then. So I really do need that game moved. Thank you. Uh, have you found out? Many... Scored seventy eight. Seventy eight. So you think he's going to score thir- twenty two this season? Twenty two. Yeah, I yeah, think you're right. Yeah. It, league, league, it, that counts. League and cup is just basically competitive games, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's that's doable. I, I would be playing. He's nine goals off two hundred in his career. So I say, I say, league and definitely cup. do that. I mean, we're, we're only going to play about three cup games, so he probably won't be playing in them. He'll probably be on the bench for them. Um, okay, well, there you go. You, you, you know, there you go, Nodcasters. You've got you've got some guarantees. You've got some predictions there. So you, you really can't can't make out why we haven't told you what's going to happen this season. Um, in terms of the, uh, the the rest of the, the questions we had, they did kind of follow um, along the lines of the things we've already kind of discussed. Um, what I wanted to, to to touch on was one that was, you know, why do we always sell out away shirts um, from Paul Woodrow? Now, that is a good good point. I went into the, the store and bought two shirts today. Uh, I got the coach's shirt, which is lovely, the sort of navy bluey one. That is really nice. I'm going to take that on holiday on Tuesday. Uh, and I also bought the home shirt. I think we should really just, we haven't obviously podded since the shirts came out. Claire, ha- how in love are you with the, the shirts we've been provided with so far? Yeah, they're spectacular. I love both of them. Um, the home shirt, yeah, I, I don't. The keeper shirt's delicious as well. In in real, seeing it in person today for the first time, it's a. I had a color. bit of a heads up about what the shirts were going to be. Um, Itk. From a, yeah, from a random, very random source, but it's been proved correct, and I know what the third one's going to be, but I'm not going to say. Um, is well, it as is it as good? It's. Well, by all accounts, it sounds a bit out there, um, but I'm waiting to see what it's like. Um, it's a bit sort of, what could I say, maybe a bit psychedelic, uh, possibly. But the other two predictions were right, so I'm, I'm confident that this one is as well. But I do love them. Um, I love the fact that it's gone a bit retro, back to the 80s, the home shirt, and really, I love a V-neck football shirt. That's the only downside to the to the away shirt I love the color I wear maroon all day at work so I, you know it's a color that I have in my heart anyway but I, I think it's a really nice shirt apart from the fact that it's round neck I don't like round neck you do, football shirts. you do radiography for Sainsbury's don't you sure. well we do look exactly like Sainsbury's staff and when we go we've got a little Sainsbury's by our work so often we get mistaken for the staff if we can you tell me where the flower is <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon the same thing probably happens in reverse as well for the Sainsbury yeah, staff. There's not so many Sainsbury staff in, in x-rays. Uh, they're, they're constantly being asked to do x-rays. <laughs> I was quite disappointed with the away shirt. Really? Oh, yeah, and I thought about this a bit, and I think it's probably because I absolutely love the home shirt. I think it's possibly our best ever home shirt. And then John Pump persuaded me to believe that the away shirt was going to be the same design but white and green green yeah yeah because um, he because he said to someone who we will not name at the club um who i know full well never gives anything away and prides himself on doing on not doing so but he said he asked this person at the club uh, is it reverse basically white with green pinstripes on the away one and and, and i checked that i checked back on the wording and he chuckled and punt basically yeah. thought therefore he was said no <laughs> he basically just chuckled at you that doesn't and mean I that you're fully right. into that as well so when it was yeah, no, I that i, I was immediately disappointed so yeah, no, i knew i knew it was going to be thing. like the invincible shirt so i was yeah but it, but it, is, it is sold out I, I i mean i i don't think i would have got it it's sold I mean, out they're, they're, well, not, they're sold out they're sold out of large i mean so that same source was uh uh, mentioned uh, a couple of days ago um, that, uh, that that it has done really well. Yeah, as mm. in surprised them, they didn't have enough stock in like the normal um, kind of adult sizes because yeah. So there's only the, I the can XLs wear a kids shirt, so that's fine. 
would have yeah, done even better if it had been white with green pinstripes. Yeah, okay, Lorne. Um, <laughs> so, uh, one more question I want to just uh, get, uh, pick your brains on, please, Claire. Uh, from the Unthanked Kitchen, do you think we are more likely to keep the characters of the dressing room, such as Owen and Hugo? And, a good point, I think, would we have done better last season? You know, would that made a difference if we had more of the bants and vibes of, of those guys? 100%, yes. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, I've still not got over the fact that we let Malky and Ewan go when we got promoted in 2005, was it? Um, because you need that character, um, the humour. You just need to have that, I think, to to have a successful side and we just seem to take that out complete everyone was so serious last season yeah um uh, yeah so yeah definitely well, just, and just we should definitely keep them i, mean, I know that the, the you know the pre-season videos are there to you know it's a bit of pr it's, you know it's basically a puff piece but i don't know it does seem like that the smiles so there was a picture today on the hibs bench <clears throat> of the like, the senior lads not involved like campwell and 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 uh, Max and and Dow, the smiles they they just seem broader. They do they genuinely seem more genuine. You know they 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 seem to be a happier bunch mm. of of people compared to last season. I know they were losing last season, but they're still very well played footballers getting to kick a ball around for a living. So they tend to be pretty happy with life in in the week. That you compare that to even the pre season stuff, that they it really does seem to be a very very positive place at the moment and I hope therefore that they they have kind of shaken off the losing mentality as a result what about you Lorne I, I was really hoping we would hold on to Hugo and Onal for this promotion push what about you yeah I agree I think that character and that uh upliftingness especially in a Premier League season where you're going to be beaten all the time He's got a really Norwich important. City tattoo. Why would you not want someone with a Norwich City tattoo? Which I can think now. of quite a few people with Norwich City tattoos who I wouldn't want in the squad. So I'm not sure <laughs> well, no. that should be. Uh... Specifically, someone who plays international football with with a, you know with a Norwich City tattoo. I should have maybe added that as an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think wider point. Um, the the harmony of the squad is always going to be vital, whether or not you're winning. Um, it's even more important when you're losing. So to keep them around last season feels like a mistake in hindsight, and it's it's nice that they're back. Well, it has been referenced in multiple interviews, um, the lift that those lads coming back have given the, the squad. Um, and I think going back to what we said before, Campwell is like a new player. You know, he, he wasn't fit and firing at all last season, so he is a new addition to the squad. Um and as far as I'm concerned, unlike some idiots on social media, it doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's his fault. It doesn't matter if it was Weber's fault. It doesn't matter if it was Farker. It doesn't matter if it was all three. It doesn't matter if there was a real reason or if really it's all that. It's all his fault. He didn't have his head straight. Irrelevant. He's here. He's playing. He seems to be keen and committed. He's, do, he's, he's, will, he's obviously bought in enough that when the social media person hands him a phone and says, will you do us a quick thing for reels, he doesn't say jog on I need to go and warm down he said actually yeah I'll do it um you know I'll do a quick three second thing into the camera little things like that are things that you don't do if you're not bought into because you think no I can't be bothered what you go and ask someone else go and ask Timu um so yeah I, I, I think that that is a, a sign that we have got that freshness that we wanted and maybe what we didn't realize at the season review when we were talking about wanting freshness to, to get rid of that losing feeling actually it started closer to home we, we had these these lone e players, the, mm. you know, the the more senior ones in Hugo and, and O'Neill and and Toddy to come back in and give everyone a lift, and maybe that is what's going to get us going. Mm. Any final thoughts going going into going into the season, uh, Claire? Anything that you haven't got off your chest you'd like to? Um, no, I don't think. I think no, I think we've covered everything. I haven't got anything else. I'm very happy now. to hear it, Lorne. Yeah. You've, you, you've got any additional notes you want to give our, our listenership? Am I right in thinking there's no VAR still in the championship? Uh, I will. I will have to. No, there that. isn't. How wonderful is that? <laughs> the fact that you can go to a game and know that if Norwich score, you can glance quickly at the assistant referee, and if their flag is down, you can celebrate the goal, and it's not going to be taken away from you in ten minutes' time. Was there with... VAR against Celtic? 
there's VI uh, no, there's VAR going to be um, there's VAR in the playoffs last year, so they're probably going to be VAR in the playoffs again this year. So we just and that's why we want to finish eighth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we just well, never ever have to involve ourselves with that absolute travesty of a thing ever again. I'm just looking. I can't see. Um, I can't see it confirmed actually. There was talk about it. It looks like VAR will be introduced in the championship only. This is from February. Um, But it hasn't been. I'm sure it hasn't been. Okay. Well, we'll have to see because we can't, I can't easily Google it. So, sorry. Yes, see, it says it again in May. It says VAR set to be used in championship for the first time. This is not not podcast gold, but I mean, you know, sometimes you've just got to record yourself looking things up on the internet. Um, Absolutely. And if there is. there on the championship, then we should all boycott immediately because it's awful. Well, well I <laughs> don't really... time we stood up for this sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I don't. But if we're uh... one of the big boys in the championship, it might be all right for us. No, it's the greater good. We've got a. Even if it benefits us, we have to say no. Yeah, well, I, I don't want there to be a boycott for you, Laurie, because you're buying my spare season ticket for the first game. So, if you could, if, if you could start the boycott after that, that would be really helpful. Well, if you don't want me to boycott, you better insist that VAR isn't there and join me in the campaign beforehand. Okay, um, let me know where <laughs> let me know where campaign headquarters are, and I will tell you. Me know, okay. I, which, well, I'm, I'm I I thought it was. I thought that VAR was happening this this season, so I would be over the moon if it isn't because I hate it. Um, after being an advocate for bringing it in, how are they going to have enough people at Stockley Park to look at all of those games? Well. I don't know, and also some of the. I would have thought some of the teams would have needed a loan to put the technology yeah. in. I mean that that was. I think that's the main reason that it stopped. That it hasn't been adopted lower down the pyramid anyway, because it costs so much money to put in. Um, so the, the Premier League or the Championship would have to pay for people to, to put it in. Obviously, it's a requirement to put it in if you go up to the Premier League, but you've got the cash to pay for it. Um, okay, well we don't know the answer to that, but um, hopefully the answer is that we haven't we haven't got to deal with VAR. Um, and on that sort of bombshell of confusion, I think that's a lovely, lovely place to, to, to wrap it up, really. Um, thank you so much for your time, Claire. Really, really nice chatting with you. Um, Lorne, I acknowledge you exist. Um, I haven't mentioned that Punt isn't here. You've probably clocked by him at this point that he isn't going to make an appearance. Um, he can't manage his calendar, um, but he has got to the 98th podcast before double booking himself to the extent that he can't make an appearance. So um, it's, it, we will get Punt's thoughts on the season uh, after the, the, the first games have been played uh, and we'll be back with you very soon. So just to reiterate what I said before, enjoy the game for those of you heading to Wales for it. Um, but I think from an ACM point of view, we really should try and stay as positive as we can until there's a genuine reason to worry. We've had slow August and Septembers and won this league twice. So let's get behind the team, treat them like a new team, even though there are quite a few familiar faces and let's give them the benefit of our doubt. And fingers crossed for a season full of joyful escapism that we can follow intently. We'll be here, whatever is served up, you can count on us. Mind how you go.